Talofa, Bula, Malo. Welcome to Pacific Rugby Players Radio. All things Pacific Rugby, all things about us. A place where we take time to talk the big and small issues, share stories and have a few laughs with current and past Pacific Rugby players around the world. So whether on the team bus, driving home from training or on the physio table, sit back, chill and dig down deep on the issues that affect us. Pacific Rugby Players. Here's your host for today. Polovanaki everybody, welcome to another PRP educational workshop. My name is Aidan Clark. Today I have with me our Pacific Rugby Players PDM team as usual, who are based across the world supporting all players from the Pacific Islands. We've got Gaylene in Fiji, Junior in the UK and Marion in France. And as a group, we're really stoked to be bringing today's workshop to you, which is focusing on real estate and becoming a real estate agent. Now, this is not a career choice, I think, would be front of mind for many, but I think it's going to be a really interesting chat, and we're privileged to have two legends of the game, both in New Zealand and the Pacific, and Case Muse and Ofisa Tunu'u, to share stories about not only their personal journeys and transitions out of the game, but in particular, everything real estate agent. I'm looking forward to hearing about not only what's happening in the market at the moment, but how they ended up in these roles, how they got the qualifications, how much does that cost, how long does that take, and then no doubt they've got plenty of lessons to pass on around what's worked well for them and what possibly hasn't, and also transferable skills from rugby players being into the career of real estate agent. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Welcome everybody um, to another PRP uh, educational workshop. Um, it's been fantastic having everybody along. I can see some familiar names again um, joining us here to uh, take all the, all the gold and the good juice from these two gentlemen who we are uh, privileged to have with us today. Um, both of them uh, do not need too much of an introduction, but our, for our workshop uh, focusing on real estate and property. Uh, we spoke a few weeks ago about um, with uh, Issa Natewa around money, um, getting mortgage broking and how all that works. Now we're going to talk about um, with these two gentlemen around their careers in the real estate industry um, and tap into their experiences and anything that they can pass on both if you're in the market, but also if it's a career that possibly you'd like to pursue yourselves. So um, gentlemen, a um, bit of an introduction. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Case, um, mate, 42 tests for the All Blacks, 80 games for Highlanders, Blues, Otago legend, uh, moved to France, I think it was 2004-ish, then came back and played a couple of years in Otago, um, now find yourself here, Ofisa, um, split five tests for All Blacks and for Samoa, uh, one of the unique ones, um, started his career in Wellington, then became uh, Auckland and Blues legend, part of that Blues uh Legacy, the prime time um, when they were successful at the start of Super Rugby. And um, we also can't forget a pretty proficient wicketkeeper, um, living caps for um, Samoa, um, which is a great string to the bow. Thanks, Ben, for joining us. Um, I thought I might just kick off, uh, just ask you how isolation's been treating your case. How's it been? Oh, mate, I've absolutely loved it. Eh? <laughs> I've loved it. I've, um, I've taken it a, as a, um, a, a, an opportunity to, to reset. Um, to reconnect with my whānau, my family, and also 
get all those jobs around the house that uh, we all neglect done. So one of my projects over over this period was um, I've always wanted a pizza oven. So when I knew lockdown was coming, I ordered one from uh, Kitsap from West Auckland. And I said to the lady, look, hey, I want you to send me everything. Just send me everything. I don't want to have to go down to Mitre 10 to grab anything because I've run out. I want it all here. So it all, all arrived the day before lockdown. So during the lockdown, just built this pizza oven and my kids have been loving it. They've wanted pizza every night, which I've had to, had, had to put the, uh, the, the kibosh on that because you know, I can't eat pizza every night. <laughs> So yeah, we, it's been awesome, mate. Just, I think you know, just for your mental health as well, is that is that not having to rush off to work or do something else? Is that you actually had time to, to 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 like I said, reset and do the things that you wanted to do? Like, man, how many people were out there walking with their families? It was just so cool, cool to see, and just just having that time. You know, I know it's been tough for a few people, but it, you look at the benefits mentally. For, for families and um, the bonding that, that, that's been done over this period. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And Alfisa, um, yourself? Yeah, good morning, everyone uh, from the uh, sunny Auckland. Uh, yeah, I'm very similar to uh, Case. Um, I, I'm not sure it'd be probably the same as Case. I can't remember when I've just been able just to sit in one place, literally in one place, and not be able to go anywhere and spend that quality time uh, and re-engaging with my children. Um, and in some cases with my wife, and we're able to, you know, sit down and, and talk and have a whole meal together um, regularly and just be able to get away and go for walks with just me and my wife and uh, just spend that real uh, quality time and just uh, reflect on the things that are really important to us. And uh, and it's been lovely. And, and, and like with Case, you know, you building, I've been doing a bit of cleaning up, and as you probably can see behind me, I've, I've sort of emptied out those boxes I've been dying to empty out for so many years and, and it's been nice to reflect on 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 a on a journey and in particular going into my career, some of those really important values that mean a lot to me from where it all started that I'm gonna try and take into business. So um it's sort of been been really cool uh, uh five or six odd weeks uh and, and really looking forward to sort of really getting out there and implementing some of these things that we've been doing at home together as a family. Oh, that's awesome. New skills, bit of whānau time, bit of, bit of uh, rest and reset. Um, fantastic. To, to talk about uh, both of you, um, obviously really well known by all players um, and anybody involved with rugby across the world. Um, I'd like to start off with talking about your own sort of transition um, to start with. And maybe with you, Ufisa, um, you had a successful career in New Zealand, um, then you went to Wales, Newport, um, and then you're a real estate agent now, but that's been fairly recent. Um, tell us about what you've been doing since then between finishing rugby and getting into real estate. Yeah, it's been a, a really interesting journey, to be honest. Um, and, and even if I just sort of come back a little bit more, that transition from amateur rugby into professional rugby um, in, in the mid-90s. And uh, so prior to going into professional rugby, we had to work. And, and albeit, uh, um, you know, we, we had good rugby bosses that, so sort of let you off at four o'clock, but we still had to, you know, front up to work on Monday mornings. And so going into professional rugby and having that ability to train and play, like as you all know, um, and then transitioning back out of, of that um, that environment and that bubble um, was a bit tough, to be honest. Um, you know, you, you you go into employers and, and you're, you're a face and they know you. 
but then sometimes it can be it can work against you and sometimes uh those people i found it a little bit difficult to transition i worked for um coaching coordinator and 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 also for some clubs and then i went into community facilities auckland council uh, into education and then i sort of found my way into um into real estate so i've had a few a few different uh, roles and a few different jobs but uh I've really found this one more suited for me and my family and our and our lifestyle. So, hopefully, that sort of answers your question. No, it does. It does. But and before I move on to case to ask him a similar question, I'm interested what you said around your early uh, career choices as you came out of rugby. Um, they sound like they were in sport and rugby. Do you feel that um, that was we often get with players that um, feel like that's all they know um, and and that's what the skill set sits. But now you're well away from that in real estate. Um, do you think that that sort of shaped your first steps as you sort of found yourself again? Uh, I, I think the narrative is is that they look at me as a jock, uh, and I say that respectfully. Um, that that we're only rugby players, and and it's only till later that you actually know. And and thankfully to my wife, I think you know you should broaden your mind a bit more. And and I was just encouraged to try different things. And I think that uh, you know if there's any out there just to to try different things, and therefore you'll find. Uh, what what you're good at and what your passion is, and, and like most of you know, if you um, you find something that's not work, then you're not working a day in your life. So that's that's one of my things I was encouraged to do. Yeah, excellent. And case for you, um, obviously huge All Blacks career, France, um, Wales briefly, then came back played Otago. I believe you um, did some coaching as well. Uh, so I'm interested to know around those first early months, years um, after hanging up the boots, um, what was that like for you? Yeah, mate. Um, so, my, my, I've always had it in my mind that rugby is, is is a finite period of my life, and that there's a there's a hell of a lot of life to be lived after after rugby. So, while I was in in uh, as a player and a professional, I thoroughly and thoroughly loved it and gave it a hundred percent. But I always knew that I couldn't play rugby for the rest of my life. And so, during that period, I do courses that just shit that in, excuse me just stuff that interested me I'd, I'd, I'd find out about it I'd just learn about it I'd do online courses just keep adding to 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 my um my string just keep adding another bow um I was, when I was in Wales I snapped my Achilles I was 35 at the time and I was going Jesus you know do I do I want to be that 40 year old guy coming home to New Zealand, not knowing what to do. Um, and I've always always loved using my hands. So when I snapped my Achilles and then the GFC hit and the club were battling for money and all of a sudden all the, um, the foreign players were getting axed and I knew that my head was on the chopping block with having a, a snapped Achilles and yeah, I knew they were going to try and use the 26-week clause on me to get, get rid of me. So I started looking at options back home. I sent out my feelers to, to a mate of mine in, in Dunedin about getting a building apprenticeship. Um, yep. And then I got a response. I had a company who were quite keen to take me on. It was in construction, um, but I was willing to, to come back and do that. And I, I was, at that time, my family were quite ready to come home as well. My, um, my two girls spoke fluent French. They wouldn't speak French to me because my French was rubbish, <laughs> but they spoke fluent French. They um, they spoke English with a French sentence structure, so they were speaking the car black, that sort of thing. And then all of a sudden, they were speaking with a Welsh accent, and I said, holy hecka, 
I've got to get my kids home to become Kiwis. So, <laughs> so when I set my Achilles, it was just a, a time of reflection. Um, so I decided that that was it. I was going to retire um, and come home and be a builder. Um, Otago got, got, got wind that I was coming home and they had a injury crisis to their front row. So they offered me a six-week week contract uh, to play for them. Um, so I came back, and that was a that was that was quite cool because I was going to be paid while I was back mm-hmm. home and transitioning into into the building side. Anyway, that six weeks turned turned into three seasons. Um, I ended up doing my building apprenticeship, um, and I, I never had a um, I, I was never ever going to go into that coaching coaching role. Um, I just felt like um, you know I was I was a good player and. You know, I knew how to get myself right and um, get myself on the field and be be able to perform. But um, Tony Tony Brown in 2011, when Otago went just about went belly up, he said that he put his hand up to to be the coach of Otago, and he wanted me to come along and be his forward scrum coach. Um, so I decided, look, I could still do my my building, and I can do the do the Otago coaching part time as well. Um, which which kind of suited me, but then Jamie Joseph found out that I was um, looking at coaching and ended up getting me into um, into help out the Highlanders scrum, and I learned I learned so much from from Jamie because I didn't know how to how to scrum. So Jamie got me in during over before that Christmas period, and then just gave me some plans about what what do I want to achieve by the time we hit Super Rugby, and just you know his experience as a coach and. He actually gave me a formula to be able to, to to take from what's up here to give to players. But I thoroughly enjoyed the coaching. But for me, um, coaching meant that if you wanted to be paid well, because the technical coaches get paid okay, but it's not a huge amount, um, that if you wanted to be a coach, you actually had to leave New Zealand again. And that was one thing I wasn't going to do. I wasn't going to pack up, pack up my family and go back overseas to, to become a coach. And I didn't think it was fair that my kids had to follow me around. So I made a choice that, look, I'm either going to go back into the building, which um, I qualified as a builder, and uh, or I got I got shoulder tapped by a mate of mine who owns a real estate company. And uh, I did my real estate papers through the Open Polytechnic and and absolutely enjoyed enjoyed that side of it. So it's it's not an easy game. It's um, you know just because you're a, you're a top sportsman that gets your foot in the door, but when you when you're in there you're actually got to got to have your have your game on because you can you're competing against some some great agents out there, and and it's about that connection with people that you have, you know. And I think that for for me where I learned to deal with people was through the through the rugby, and it wasn't straight after the game running into the running into the changing shed. It was actually spending that that time after the game, talking to the fans, signing the, the fans fans stuff and actually having a, that conversation with them, learning how to how to talk to people. So I think, you know, when when Afisa was talking before about, you know, people just think you're you're a rugby player. Yeah, you are a rugby player, but you you actually uh, you got a hell of a lot more to you than than just a rugby player. All the skills that you learn as a rugby player, you know, you, you're a problem solver. You know how to make things happen. You're driven. You've got um, negotiation skills because we all negotiate our contracts. You've got so much more as a rugby player than you actually think. And, and I didn't realise this until I did a, a, a course 
at the um, at the Otago Polytechnic called Capable NZ. And what that was is it, it's a course for people who have been in the workforce for seven years or more. And what they do is they draw out all your skills and then you do, you, you over a six month period, you end up doing a, a, a three hour presentation to a, a panel and then they will then award you a, if you, if they think you've, you've given enough information, a, a bachelor. So I ended up getting a Bachelor of Applied Management through that. But what that course did for me was identify all those skills that I had as a rugby player. And there is so much more that I haven't even mentioned, but we have we have more more to us than what than what a lot of people give us credit for. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I guess um I tell you what, uh, your reputation as a real estate agent would be uh, must be a lot higher, especially being a qualified builder, because when it comes to talking about foundations, taking this wall out, taking that wall out, um, you actually know what you're talking about. Yeah, so, you know, I think you, you got you kind of got to be a little bit careful there because, you know, you, people can take you to your word. Yeah, sure. You know, my my biggest thing with that is that you know I'd I'd always tell them to get get advice from a, from a builder that they trusted, but this is what we would do. If, if it was my house, I'd look at doing this, this, and this. Yeah, nice. Before we dive a little bit more into the real estate officer, um, just about this transition. Um, so there's the practicalities of moving from career to career. Um, and I guess it's for both of you. What about the emotions for you personally? Like, um, were there any challenges there? Um, you want to put the boots on, you want to get a shoulder on someone, um, <laughs> you want to get to an hour, you know, those aftermatch functions. Did you, did you um, deal with that okay? Or, or, or was that a tough thing? Um, it's a bit of a grieving process, to be honest. I mean, you're saying goodbye to something that you really love, and um, and you know, your 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 mind is willing, but the body just can't do it anymore. But uh, in saying that, I still have a bit of a run around, and I substituted by playing other other different things and, and keeping active. Um, but uh, but in, in saying that, you you find different ways of of um, using those sorts of skills. And that's what I've really found in, in, in all the jobs that I've been involved with, mainly just sort of touching on what Case was saying, as well as those skills that you can still activate and transfer into different things in life. Like, for example, in real estate, uh, the communication, uh, the negotiations, finding solutions, um, and, and uh, just all those wonderful things that we've learnt, team building, building rapport, all those sorts of things really do come into place. It's just really... Um, honing your skills. So what I've done is I've come back to my academy, yes. <laughs> academy of in, in real estate and just building up again and just really learning my craft um, and hopefully getting up there to where cases. But I found that if I do it uh, gently and, and do it correctly and be, be uh, really informative and understand the, the industry, but then you bring your own flavor into it. And that's what makes it, uh, you know, unique to yourself. And that's where people will be more engaging on to you rather than coming to a, a salesman. Yeah, and that's sure. the difference. Oh, I think that's, that's probably really insightful and quite helpful for the players online. Um, now to talk about uh, the move into real estate uh, case with you to start off with. So um, you, uh, you spoke with a friend of yours. You talked about exploring a real estate agent. You did your open politics um, qualifications that you described for us. What about the early days of actually just going out there and doing it? So I walk into an open home on a Sunday morning and holy heck, there's Case Muse standing there in the corner about to um, tell me, sell me a house. Um, was that intimidating? Did you um, to actually get the practical steps of just getting into it? Yeah, I, I think for me, it was just more about, like, I love a challenge. You know, I, you know, 
with anything I do, I, I, I just give it, give it everything that I've got. Um, and, and with the real estate, yeah, you're, you're quite green, but you're excited about it because you're actually doing it. So, you know, you make a, you make a lot of little mistakes and stuff like that, that you always continually learning from. So what I would use those open homes and every, every day I'd, I'd, at the end of the day, I'd reanalyze things that I did, things that I could do better. And I'll just make notes. And so the next time I went out, I'll try and implement what I, what I, the learnings from the day before or the week before, before and just try, try and get better. And, you know, I, I think I've been in it, what just started my seventh year now and just it, it, it's natural now. I don't even have to think about it. It's people want to see genuine people. They don't want to see robots and, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. They also want someone that they can trust and someone who is knowledgeable in the real estate game. So you've got to know your market, you've got to know, and, and all that is, there's all this information out there that you can get to, to, to understand all that. But um, I, I think first and foremost, it's just being yourself, being who you are, and people will take a shine to that. And you know, when you're beginning, it, it's just having that confidence to, to do your job. You, 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 through the course, you've been given all the skills, then you're, you're supervised for six months when you come into the, the industry. So you've got someone, you can't go and present to people without having your manager there um, to, to, to um, help out. So if you do get stuck, your managers are, are sympathetic to that and they will, they will jump in like a, like a team. Yep. So if you're stalling, they will then bring you back on track and then you'll take over again. And then it just becomes second nature. I think if, um, <clears throat> if anything, you just like with any job, just you've got to be yourself and, You've got to enjoy enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, Alfisa, for you, um, uh, let's say there's a player out there that doesn't know a lot about property at the moment and thinks, oh, actually, this could interest me, but I'd, I'd have to do a lot of homework. Um, how, how did you do it? Uh, how did you start learning the lingo and all those sorts of things around property? Well, well firstly, I just want to touch on, on what uh, Case was saying. And... Um, he, he mentioned about going back and, and analyzing himself and looking at what he did and, and, uh, and then how he could make his performance better. Doesn't that sound very familiar to what we're doing now as rugby players and as sports people? And that's the type of things that um, we already have naturally. It's just honing that into an industry, which is real estate. So, for example, your question about um, uh, the real estate. Yes, there is a, a, an element of... Uh, non-negotiables, which is understanding your industry at the moment about, you know, the 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 um, uh, compliance that we have to go to. Because if you if you fall into trouble, you lose your license. And like you know, with all of us in this game, um, you know, the two real important things are your health and your reputation. And you just don't want to get things wrong. And 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 it's just like when you're doing our runs. If you you cut the corner, you know, you're not you're not being right to your team if you cut any corners in this industry you're going to get into trouble yeah. um my, my other thing I, I i do suggest to anybody that's looking at going to the industry if you're thinking about oh i'm going to make big money big money big money i think you need to reassess that your thought because it, with that comes a lot of work underneath it um and like what Kay said you know you have to come and do your course your 12-week course well that's what i did um, and then you have six months under where you're um, supervised and then you then you can go and sign up uh, sales and purchase agreements so you, you you're getting all this help and support around you and it takes a while before you actually go and, and start your own business 
And so, yeah, um, there's there's lots that goes around it. However, if you get it right, it's super rewarding. And a lot of and there's never a dull moment in real estate. No. Yeah, like, I bet. So I guess what I'm hearing here is, um, just like rugby, um, it takes patience. It takes hard work over a long time before you 100%. really start earning those big bucks. Case, would you agree? Yeah, definitely. The the other beautiful thing about real estate is that it's the the easiest job to make no money, <laughs> and it's the it's the hardest job, at, and you're gonna get 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 rewarded for it. So. You know, there's been been nights where I've been up at eleven o'clock at night, you know, finishing work for tomorrow's presentation and and stuff like that. So if you put the put in the mahi, the rewards do come. Um, and um, the the other thing that I, I want to say about this job is is the flexibility that it gives you. Yeah, sure. It's that like if you uh, you want to go and watch your your kids kids sport, you just block out that period mm-hmm. because you, you, it can be all all intrusive. You can work seven days a week. You can work, you know, uh, eighty-hour weeks if you want to, but you've also got to look after your mental health as well, and you've got to block out that time for for you and for your for your family. Um, I love I love the flexibility that if I want to go to school camp, and I've got properties that um that I that I need to look after, I've got a team around me that I can actually get to look after those properties while I, while I'm away with with my my my, my kids on school camp. So yeah, it's, nice. um, it's, it's a really cool job. The, the, the other thing is, is with, um, with real estate is that your commission, commission based pay company don't pay you anything. So you, you, you're, you're a caveman. Yeah. You, you eat what you kill. So that, that's a natural drive that we have as, as rugby players is that we want to be successful. We want to provide for our family. So, if it takes staying up till eleven o'clock tonight to to get that that deal across the line, you'll do it. So, yeah, brilliant. And Aiden, can I just uh, just jump in there on that one? I, I see, like I've got Fili Lavavi, I've got Jordan there, Samuel Slade, Chris Voy, um, and Hully brother there. Good to see you, mate. Um, yeah. I've also been in there just to be able to give that that friendly advice to those, in particular, our Pacific Island Maori families in the South Auckland area that I work in. Um, there's also people that rent and understanding in case would know that when you, when you, when they want to some advice on, Oh, this house is rented, this house is, and, 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 uh, uh what does a, a good price of that house is. And so a lot of advice on buying their first homes, um, or investments, all that sort of stuff is, is all part of the, uh, the cope up of what I'm about anyway, about, you know, sharing that advice and helping all our mates, you know, and if they don't, not necessarily always about the sale, but at least they can no. call you, you know, give a uh, case and officer call and see what, what's happening. How can I do? Who do I see? I link up with people like Rua Tupuki that, that is a finance because I don't know everything. Yep. But I know people like the networks that we have in, in rugby that can help them. You know, or Issa will give you some of that financial advice or, yep. um, you know, there, there's so many people and, and, and that's the wonderful thing about our rugby community. Yeah, fantastic. Um, the opportunity to help um, the rugby fraternity, your family, your ex players that you played with, all those sorts of things. It must be actually quite rewarding when you're able to do that, and even just providing knowledge and picking up the phone and, and passing it on to a fellow rugby player. Yeah, I, I love helping the young guys get into their first homes. Yep. You know, even just giving them advice. If, if they buy a house through another company, that doesn't bother me. That's no skin on my nose because, you know, I just want, want the boys to, be, to, to actually have something you know by getting into property and even if you're into investing in property you got something at the end of the day that is tangible that is that is bricks and mortar 
Um, and I, I love seeing the boys come back from from rugby and having having something. Yeah, fantastic. I've got a, um, a really specific real estate agent question here because I've been through this and wondered, um, how do you both deal with um, trying to get the best result for the vendor and also the purchaser? So you're, you're moving from um, one household to the other, often within minutes or an hour, where someone's trying to get the highest price and this one's trying to get it for the lowest. Um, like how, how do you navigate that world? Delicately. I'm from an auction um, auction uh, environment, and uh, and and that's what we we do because I think like what you're asking. Depending on, you're right because if you're if you're selling the house, you want the you know you want ten million bucks for it, and if you're buying it, you you want it for you know ten bucks. So um, we we are in the middle trying to facilitate. So our roles are always going to be working uh, for the vendor. However, we give them that feedback and then. We create an environment in auctions that we get so many buyers there that we just let the com competition go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that that that'll that'll works for the for for the uh, uh, the buyer. For example, and I'm oh, sorry, just jump in there. Um, if you're wanting your first home, and you're buying your first home, try not to think of the, of you know the ultimate one. Just get on the ladder first, and then you can just go there. Just build your build up to the ultimate that you want. I mean, if you're not if you're in the um, uh, if you're able to purchase and go for it, but like you know, for those who are buy buying their first homes, just get on the ladder and then you can and grow from there. Yeah, well, just to back up, uh, um, Chief, there the, the thing is, is that you know, buying a house is your first step, creating wealth within that property is by renovating it, doing it up, spending time actually getting it looking the way you want it then you've got the option there to either sell and start over again by buying a, a, a bigger property in, a, in, a, in another area and then doing the same thing. And that's how you're creating wealth. And I try and say that to a lot of, um, a lot of my young, young um, uh, purchasers, first home buyers. Don't try and buy the house that your parents live in because you, you can't, when you, when you do that, you, you're not actually adding value. You're paying top dollar for that property. Anything that's been recently renovated you're paying top dollar for and everyone wants that house buy the house that needs a little bit of work and you know you've got friends and that that can help you paint and you know slowly do up that house and and that's where you're going to create your wealth in that property is by actually doing the work i know we're all all um busy people but when you buy something that's already been renovated the person before you has made that, that capital gain in that property so look at something that you can enhance and and create um, equity in, and then then move up the ladder from from there. That's that's my advice to a lot of a lot of boys. You 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 reap the the rewards when you come to sell because you've done it up and it looks flash. Uh, you're not buying something that's done up that you you know that you that you're not gonna. It'll it'll increase in value, but not as much as what you would if you if you did something up yourself. So the worst house on the best street. Yeah, that's that 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 does that does um that that's the one. Yeah, um, so, and also, I guess, with Rugby Connections, as Officer was talking about before, utilising those, you know, we've got builder friends, we know people who are owning painting businesses and things like that, to utilise those for your best advantage. Mm. And that's why I'm, I'm, well, only because my sons are involved in, in club rugby up here in, in North Harbour at Massey, but that network in the community is just so good, you know? I mean, you don't know, there's painters, there's electricians, there's... You know, there's different plans. There's drain layers that you can always tap on for not only for work but also advice on, 
you know, different properties that you're going to see. So yeah, it's it's wonderful, the, the rugby community and about the networks that we have. Yeah, nice. So you both answered my question about how you negotiate the contract is um, very like politician-like and avoided the uh, avoided the answer. Um, well done. But, um, oh, you didn't get a good price for your property. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, the vendor's going to accept an offer that's that's going to be be um, acceptable to them. Yes. You know, if if the purchaser isn't anywhere in that ballpark, there's there's nothing we can do. We can advise them that you need to be at this level to buy the property. If they're not at that level, it's going to be very hard for us to bring that deal together. So unless you're in, in the vicinity of what the vendor's wanting, then, um, you, you know. And for, for me, a lot of people, if, if you want to know what a house is worth, talk to the agent. They're not going to, they're not going to lead you astray because they've got, some, and they've got the evidence of what's been sold in and around the area. They're going to give you a price range. At the end of the day, you've got to got to look at at whether you can work within that price range, and then then go from there. Um, it's I, I we've got to look after our vendors, but I like looking after our purchases. I like providing them with a lot of information. So I'll give them a, a list if they want it, a list of properties that have been sold around the area. Just so that they've got the 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 evidence in front of them to say, okay, then, because yeah. the biggest thing that that, that I've found with with purchases is that they they don't want to pay too much more than the next guy that was there. They don't want to overpay for a property. They just want validation that, that what they're buying is <clears throat> is worth what it is. And that's what I think, Junior, you were saying that with auction is why auctions are so successful is because there's someone bidding right behind you. So if you make a bid, you've had to actually bid over someone else. And that's that's the validation that you've already automatically got is that if I don't pay that for that, this guy's going to own the house. Mm-hmm. And you're not paying too much for the house, you're paying what the market <laughs> value is. And I think that's why a lot of people like auctions because it's so transparent mm-hmm. and they know exactly what the next guy, whether it be a thousand bucks, 500 bucks or 5,000, yeah, to get the home, they've paid the value of what the house is worth. And do you, um, hearing about the auctions, obviously a pretty high intensity environment. Um, also, the hard work you're putting <clears> in to try and get a sale, it gets across the line, it's winning, it's performing. Mm-hmm. Do you think um, that subconsciously something's in there that gives you some of those feelings and shot in the arm that you had when you were playing your rugby career? Yeah, for me, auctions game day. Mm-hmm. You know, deadline sale day is game day for me. Mm-hmm. It's I've done all the hard work. I've done my training. It's like, mate, the nerves before an auction for me yeah. are just like running out of her test match. It's like, God, I hope those people turn up that said they were going to bid. You know, I don't want to be the one that's in that auction and no one's bidding on his house. You know, so you've got all those nerves. And then once it starts rolling, it's like, oh, cool. I know this. I've done my job. Now it's yeah. just letting, letting the auctioneer do his job. So, 100%. It's... it's uh, it's like 100% on game day. All the work is done prior to on on auction day when they come. Uh, you're in your number ones. You're out there performing. You're enticing those buyers to you have a go, and your your, your colleagues are all working together around you to to keep on working for the vendor. And then hopefully at the end it hits the reserve, and and uh, you know we get a sale, and and, and people are happy. Um, you, you mentioned Aiden about uh, your property. I just wanted to add to it that. We don't, we don't say, oh, how much is it going to be like this? Mm-hmm. It really is the market that decides on how much uh, your property will be. Um, in March, February, uh, January, February, um, March, 
property market was up high. And then, of course, what happened in the lockdown, everything stopped. And so, you know, they're going to say, is it going to be the same? But over back in February, was this, it was this amount. I can't dictate it. I can say there's genuine interest at X amount of dollars. But it all depends on the people that we bring in to see what the market's going to pay and uh, depending on, on the timing. And again, Aiden, it's all about timing and it's all about having the right people in the team around you. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Excellent advice. Hey, just to, uh, on a question that's come in from Jordan there, and I think it's a great one. Um, you talked earlier, case about commissions, um, and, and uh, obviously you'll know about this. So um, tell us a bit more about that. Is it quite cutthroat? Do you go immediately on to commission, and if you don't sell anything, you don't eat? Um, how does it work? Yeah. So my when I'm, when I'm talking to people, commission's the last thing I talk about with, 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 with my buyers. Because right up until the time that they sign the paperwork, I work for free. Yep. You know, so I'm doing all of all of all of the work using my expertise to get the people to the property, to market the property, that sort of thing. That's all free. You know, I don't get paid until they sign the contract saying that they're going to sell their sell their house. <laughs> so going back to 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 that question is that, yep, you can you can drop drop your fee. But the more you drop your fee, the you know the 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 less you get at the at the other end. So for us, I I try I try to say to my people that with with the fee, let's have that discussion after we've brought you offers. And if you're happy with the offer that I bring you, like we'll we'll, we'll sign up a, an agreement on this a price that's fair to to the vendor and fair to me that we both accept. Um, and at the end of the day, if we're still if the job that, that I've done for you isn't isn't right, or you don't feel like I've, I've, we can have that that conversation then. But if I've brought you a price that exceeded your expectations and stuff like that, then we then we'll stick to the to the commission. Right. Um, it, it's like anything; all, all things can happen. No one would have known that prior, you know, at the beginning of the year that we would have been in lockdown for 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 um, six weeks. So it's all about adapting to to the situation. Um, so like, like Junior said, we don't know what the market's doing after COVID-19. Um, we've just got to go out there and show the evidence um, of what's, what's happening in the market. Um, in Dunedin, there's been a few sales. Our company last week sold 13 houses. So we've got some evidence of what things are selling for okay. to be able to present to, to, to new, to, to new um, uh, vendors. Yeah, so nice. they, they can they can go into the market knowing that there are confident that there are buyers out there and buyers are still paying pretty good money for properties in Dunedin. Yeah, good. So obviously commission is central to what you do. Um, when you first step into the job, you talked about being six months under a manager and so forth. Is a question for both of you. Um, do you, does the company provide you with some sort of retainer um, at least, so you know you can feed your family um, through that period, or is it straight away is it you're just thinking about commissions. Each, uh, I'll, I'll just jump quickly in there. Each, each, each uh, company is, uh, has their different um, uh, policies on that, I suppose. Uh, most of them uh, know you just, you know, you've done your license, they're giving you the opportunity. Um, they talk about the, you, the, the company's commission structure for you and yes. what that looks like. So then you know exactly when you go in here, X amount is coming to the company and then yours, after that, no, most of it's it's you know four percent on the first four hundred thousand, and then two percent thereafter, which is pretty standard. Um, 
And the other thing is, is about doing conjunctional. So for example, me and Case, we've got a property and we want to do something together. Um, some people can have that 50-50. That's where we have that flexibility or some of the companies have 80-20 um, split. And yep. so that's, that's a really, that's the cool thing about that too. So you have that, that flexibility. Okay. Okay. So you do deals. You can do, yeah. Doing deals to get the deals done. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Um, just to wind it back, Casey, you talked about, um, on both of you actually, so that everybody here understands the qualifications that needed and how long that takes you. You mentioned Open Polytech. Obviously, I'm not sure who did yours through. Like, um, is that hard? How long does it take? Um, can you do that in your own time? Those sorts of things. Yeah, when when I did my my one, um, I'm I'm, pre I'm pretty impatient. <laughs> so I I didn't take six months to do to do my one. Okay. So I knew that there was a um, a block course coming to Dunedin, and that was three weeks uh, or four days a week from from nine to four, sitting in a in a um, in a conference room doing the course. Mm. So I, I I did the block courses which which covered the whole the whole um, course. So each night after that block course, I'd go home and do that paper that was relevant to to that that course. I didn't leave it because I wanted to have everything fresh in my mind, write it down, submit submit it to the Open Polytechnic, and then get the get the sign off on that that piece of paper. So I I I did mine in a um in a month. I got 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 it, and then what I was waiting for after that was to be to get my license. So once I got my certificate. Um, in real estate, I then supply, uh, I submitted that to the REA, uh, REINZ, and then I got my my license to practice real estate. And once I had that license, I could then work for a company. Um, I think the first the first thing that that guys, if they think that they want to um, get into the industry, is build a relationship with a an agent, build a relationship with a with a company, and actually go and spend some time, um, you know, living. You know, do go doing what that agent agent is is doing, seeing what he does, and actually get a feel of um, of what the industry is like, so that you can make up make up your mind. Um, you know, if there's a person here in Dunedin that wants to come and hang out with me for for a few days, I'm more than willing to to take them underneath my wing and show them what I do, um, just so that you get an idea of whether it is for you or whether it isn't, because there is a cost to do the course. Um, some companies, if you've built that relationship up with that company, will pay for that course for you. Okay. And then they'll also put you through education as well. Um, but I, I, I just paid for it myself because I wasn't sure whether it was what I wanted to do. I just wanted to do the papers so that I had it. But once I was doing the papers, I thoroughly enjoyed what was, what was, um, what I was seeing. And then, then I got, then I went and worked for, um, ba Metro at the time, which is now Bailey's Metro. What sort of cost are we talking? Are we talking? You have to at the time, it was about it was about a thousand bucks to do the course. Right. I'm not sure what it is now, uh, but then it was you know um, eight hundred bucks to get your license as well. So you sure, yeah, okay. yeah. I did mine at uh, um, uh, Unitech over there in Carrington, near Mount Albert. Um, six weeks. Oh, yeah, six weeks. Okay. Sorry, twelve weeks. Twelve weeks uh, uh, as a course every day. And um, at the end of it, you had to do 12 papers. Um, um, and at the end of it, you got your, um, you had 11 papers that you had to sit and 12 was a practical examination where you had to go through a sales and purchase agreement with a facilitator. 
and then you're able to go to a um, an agency and then be able to go and, and get your training, six months training. Um, there are opportunities to do it online, but I, I wanted to go in and, and, and have that contact. I suppose I'm just an old school uh, student, I suppose. I, I couldn't do it online and um, I wanted to ask questions and, and that way it was good for me to go and ask questions and, and again, like case, to see if I really wanted to, to, to get involved in it. But they have those courses um, throughout the year and uh, and it's a good chance to have that get that qualification and then and then you can go in and and see um uh line yourself up with an agency and then and then go from there yeah i think as as rugby players we're quite tactical we like having that contact with people and we like you know being able to ask questions i was the same i i couldn't do the six that i couldn't do the course by myself reading and and then having to to submit the papers I love I love being around people, so that's why I did the block course, and you know I just found it I found it a lot easier. And you know during your lunch break, if you didn't understand something, you'd either go talk to the tutor or talk to the other other people that were in the um, in the course with you and get a better understanding. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Um, before I just encourage anybody who's got any more questions, I'm going to move away from the real estate specific stuff and just learn a bit more about what these two gentlemen are up to these days. Um, so far, any questions that you have um, while you're doing this? I'll, before we leave this, though, uh, we had a chat just pre-everybody coming online, um, case around uh, when this COVID-19 situation, about what's happening in the market. You said that there's signs there that there's, it's going to be um, you know, pretty encouraging. And the loan uh, LVR, so just explain what that means to anybody, especially anybody who's in New Zealand at the moment. Yeah, so the, the LVR loan... Loan to ratio um, value is at, at the moment a lot of people need twenty percent to put a deposit on a house, you know, and depending on where you are in the country, is that um, that that's quite a quite a chunk of money, um, especially for first home buyers. There's been talk. Um, I haven't seen the seen any um, new new news on this. Junior, have you heard any any more on? Oh, just keeping in contact. I'm keeping contact with the bank. So, for example, yeah. a lot of you guys that are out there listening, if you're playing overseas uh, and you want to invest back in New Zealand, normally it was a thirty percent. You had to put down a thirty percent deposit, mm. and then uh, and then you could be able to um, activate any of the loans. Now, the the law, and you might know this too, case some of the banks are accepting twenty percent, yeah. and so therefore there's an opportunity for uh, overseas investors because you're not living in New mm. Zealand you can put down that 20% and then you've got that uh, investment property there. So I think that must what you probably be looking at too, Case. Yeah, that too. Um, but people in New Zealand, though, there's been talk that they're going to gonna lower that for first-time buyers as well. Yes. There's been no no ruling on that yet. I think they're still in, in debate over that. But I, from from all accounts, I, I, I believe it is a case-by-case -case, um, scenario with the banks. And the banks have the opportunity to give you a um, a better rate on on the LVR, so you you could actually do a ten percent deposit depending on whether you're 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 chummy with your um with your bank manager. My my understanding is the banks have got money to loan. It's just whether the individual are able to service it. And so with the 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 they're going back in terms of checking even even to the point where they're going to check where your 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 employment was, whether you're going to keep your employment. But, you know, if you've put a good case and you got yourself in a strong position, then there's no reason why you can't go to the bank. And, yeah, you're right. You can get up to 10% on your first home loan. On your first, um, your first home, you put that 10% down and then, and then you're off. Yep. You're not 
so effectively in this part of the world or and possibly in other countries um, because they're trying to stimulate the economy and keep things cranking it's, it's possibly going to be a lot easier to get um, your deposit to your house yeah yep. like anything just ask the question yep. hit up your mortgage broker hit up your bank talk to them about it they'll they'll give you the best advice on that one then then talk to you if you're looking at investing talk to your real estate agent tell them exactly what you want and what they will do is they'll keep you in the loop of anything and that fits that criteria they'll send it through to you and if you are wanting to purchase something then then have that conversation with them and they'll they'll do all the groundwork especially if you're overseas yeah excellent i think that's fantastic advice um, before we start to wind things down, gentlemen, I'm just interested in, in what else you've been up to. Case, I know you're a keen hunter, fisherman. Um, do you get out often? Yeah, you... not as much as I'd like. You know, um, mm. one thing that I that I found with this job is that my Sundays are taken up with with uh, open homes. Um, sad days are I, I really do open homes on sad days because that's a, a non-negotiable for me with my kids in their sport. I'm I'm watching them, so Sundays are probably my only day off. Um, uh, I mean, my only day that all my mates go hunting and I have to go to work now. So um, I try to get out during the week, um, but it all depends on, on my, my, my crew that I go hunting with, whether they can get time off work or they've got the day off and we'll, we'll shoot out during the week. Um, diving, geez, my gills have dried up this year. I haven't been in the water at all. Um, I'm hanging out. I thought that over this COVID-19 that I'd be in the water as much as possible and Still haven't had that opportunity to get in the water, but I'm hoping now that it's coming to winter. Oh. Too cold down there anyway, bro. Oh, mate, an eight mil wetsuit. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. So hoping to get in the water pretty soon. Um, I've got a hunt book for uh, not this week, a uh, couple of weeks. Uh, well, duck shooting starting. So yeah, yeah so, so yeah, I'll be out there, out there with with a few mates in our my my, you know, blasting up some ducks. So it'll be yeah, a lot of fun. Awesome, awesome. Obviously, for you, mate, um, you're a busy man. Cricket, rugby, everything. What are you being oh, up to? Oh, that's that's time to get away. Normally, because me and my wife, we have seven children, so that sort of takes up most of our time. Um, but I, I, I just, uh, um, I, I, I'm not one to just go out for a run. I just can't do it or can't do uh, those uh, CrossFit classes. I'd much rather chase a piece of leather around or, or look for a ball, something to hit, and. Uh, but I've been really um, getting back into that space of just keeping active, and um, I'm really enjoying my cricket at the moment, uh, in, in particular in the Masters area um, with Masters games. So I just uh, still got those competitive juices going, and and that keeps me moving, keep me active, and uh, and being able to sort of connect with uh, all my all my mates and in in an area of of being competitive, and then having a bit of a social aspect to it as well. Yeah, awesome. Sounds like good balance. Do both of you um, still follow rugby a fair bit these days? You've got former teammates and, and, and mates that are coaching, involved. It's pretty uncertain times around the world with rugby. Um, Casey, you keep in touch with it? Yeah, yeah. I, I support the Highlanders down here, so I'm, I'm a regular at the games at home. Um, I don't, I'm not not a rugby fanatic. Like I don't follow every single game. Uh, you know, there's, there's I've got other things that you know, work, kids and all that that I'd rather be be doing. But any time the Highlanders are playing, um, I have watched the Blues a bit as well. I still follow the Blues, my two favourite teams. Uh, but, yeah, I don't 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 watch rugby religiously. So, yeah, yeah only, only when my two teams are playing. That's the one. Well, Fisa, what do you reckon? Um, how do you think it's going to pan out for everything, uh, the next sort of chapter of what rugby looks like? 
That's a really good question. Um, if I relate that to what we're doing in real estate, um, it's really leveled the playing field. So even if you're a great agent before or not a great agent, it doesn't matter in this environment. Everybody's on the same level. And it's the same thing in, in rugby and sport. You know, you might have been the greatest team at the start of, uh, of the competition, but because of this, it's about the team that uh, thinks and be innovative on, on how they play, how they train, and really bring that, that, that team culture and that team dynamic and their goals together as the ones that are going um, to be successful in this new competition that's going to come out. And you've got to hit the ground running um, because it's only a short competition, a, a super team. Those local derbies are going to be really interesting. And funny enough, um, even though case I, I sort of take a really close interest, is because all my customers always talk to me about rugby first. And if I don't know, they're like, oh, what's this guy? Is he a rugby player? He's not. So, I'm lucky. All my customers only want to know about the Highlanders, mate. So that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about. They don't care about any other team. No, other no, 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 that's that's <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've just had one and a great question. Chris Fui's jumped in with one. Um, a question before we good leave. Messy man. Good messy man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He is. He, he's in New Zealand at the moment in isolation. Oh, nice. um, pitfalls to be aware of when purchasing a property from an agent's point of view. Um, a rugby player comes to you and just says, um, "What should I keep my eye out for?" What would you say? Uh, me, just, just uh, for my opinion, you've got all this information. You've got to get your limb report, which is just looking at what the, the, the property is, your, your, um, the title of it, and making sure that all those dots, and don't be afraid to continue to ask questions about it because you get the information there, or if you don't ask, you'll, you'll never know. But you'll, that's for me is just get that information. And if you don't know, find someone that will know and at least give you that advice. So, yeah, get, get, get your reports done on the house. If, if you really like a property, make sure you do your due diligence on it. Um, get, if you've got builder mates, get them to come through and give it a once over and just make sure that everything is, is, is above board with the property. Um, you know, provide, like, make sure that there is a limb report that has been provided with the property. Um, that'll tell you a lot about whether there's consented work or unconsented work on that property. Um, the other thing is, is is make sure that you you you've got a good relationship with with your lawyer, and they will they will check the title, they will check everything else out for you. Um, but don't 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 be scared to ask to to ask the question and ask for help. Get the right people in the right area to do their job for you, so that you can so that you can go in with confidence that you're you're not buying a dud. Yeah, nice. So don't sorry, just jump in and don't be emotional. Don't be too emotionally attached to it. You know, and you know, until you do all your due diligence first, and and make sure you're you're going to get for you, and then you can negotiate your price. Yeah, because if you become too attached, you start making up excuses right. for it, right? Um, so go to the go to the council, get the property file, do your homework, get a builder mate to have a look. Um, us rugby players are pretty tight, so we don't like paying for anything. Um, would you recommend um, like you sometimes you can fork out the thousand bucks for a valuation just to check that you know what it's worth? Um, if you really like a property, would you guys recommend getting that done? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Get a registered valuation. Okay. Sweet. Good question. Good question, Chris. Awesome. Hey, I'm going to um, wind it down. We've kept you two gents. You've probably got to get in your car and um, go and sell some properties. So um, we, uh, I just want to say thanks very much. I'll tell you what, uh, in this session, more than any other the workshops that we've had so far, one of the things that you've really rammed home for me is um, 
the transferable skills from being rugby players and understanding that. And, and you guys have really brought to light um, the importance of understanding your ability to negotiate, the resilience, all, all of the highs and lows that it really match up to probably any career, but in particular real estate agents. Mm. So um, I thank you for that. And I think it's something that's overlooked by um, Pacific Island, Māori rugby players, even any rugby player across the world is uh, realising what you've learnt as a rugby player. That's what I'm hearing from both of you um, and the skills that you've picked up that you can apply somewhere else now. And and you don't, every, not everybody has to be a coach. You, you can apply those um, skills somewhere else. Uh, any final words from both of you? Uh, just from me, um, I, I don't think that we, we probably touched on that when you're getting this, you've still got to do the old-fashioned real estate about getting those pamphlets, door knocking, putting them into letterboxes before the glory. You've got to do your, your time, like with anything in rugby or football. If you do that hard work, and you look after the process, the result will take care of itself. And that's no different in what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. Every, every agent who's starting in, in the game knows someone who's selling the house. So they'll have a house to sell. It's the second, third, fourth house that you've got to worry about. So you've got to do the, do the work, as, as Junior said. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not as easy as what people think, that you can just get a house, sell it, there's a lot of hard, I don't know if you guys have seen that iceberg analogy that's out there. You, you see the tip of the iceberg of real estate agents. You don't see all of that work that goes in, in behind, behind that. So when you're, <clears throat> when you're getting, if you decide to come into the business, it's a great business once it gets rolling. And if you're not scared of hard work, you'll do well. And um, I just, whatever, like we talk about those transferable skills. We're, we're rugby players, and the reason why we're on top of our game as a rugby player is because we're determined. And if you turn that determination to anything that you decide to do after rugby and apply what you use to become a top rugby player, you're going to do well in, in anything that you choose to do, gentlemen and yeah. ladies. Fantastic advice. Um, I'll tell you what, I've got a newfound respect for real estate agents. I probably won't try and screw them down on the, on the commission as much as I have in the past now. <laughs> Thanks. Well, at the end of the day, mate, that's a negotiation process and that's, that's part of the fun. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And hey. even Aiden, Aiden, even even offline, if there's anyone that wants to talk more, I think you can pass on our contacts yeah, and, yeah. and I'm happy yeah. to, to share and, and, and talk a little bit more about it um, if they're looking because it's a good time while you're marrying your, your rugby career, I mean, maybe there might be something to do. So once you finish your rugby, you're straight into it. Outstanding, outstanding. Mm -hmm. um, on behalf of everybody, um, thank you so much for your time. Um, for everybody who's jumped on today, we've heard, you know, upwards nearly 20 people online um, listening to this fantastic advice. And we've got another workshop on Thursday night, Friday morning. Um, Gilbert Anok is um, joining us to talk about um, a bit of resilience, coping with the uncertain sort of rugby world at the moment. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. These two gentlemen, Officer and Case, thank you for um, passing on your experience and skills. And um, everybody, have a great day. Thanks for joining us on today's show. Check out PacificRugbyPlayers.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay on top of all news relating to Pacific Rugby Players and to find out when we drop our next episode of PRP Radio. 